I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is January 17th, and this is the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. And welcome into the Bruins Beat on CLNS Media. My name is Evan Marinovsky. Hope you guys are having a great day, a great week. And in this episode, Connor and I get into a lot of center talk. This episode is all about centers. We get into uh, the new contract for Pavel Zaka, which I think people were kind of on both sides of, good and bad. Uh, We get into sort of his short-term impacts, his long-term impact, and sort of what the Bruins view of him for the future. You know, is he going to be a... Number two in number three center. Is he going to be? Is he just going to be number two center? Is he going to be on the wing? So we get into that. We also get into uh, a big trade deadline target and Bo Horvat. And I don't mean for the Bruins per se, but the whole league. Bo Horvat is probably the number one trade deadline target as of right now. Um, and we get into you know, do the Bruins have a real case for him? Should they pursue him? What would it take? Uh, what would it mean? We get into all that because I think that's a really complicated one that we're going to continue to talk about uh, in the coming weeks up to the deadline, as well as other players. Um, so that that was a, two interesting conversations. Always interesting to talk about center depth because it gets people thinking about the future, <laughs> which isn't as fun, but it does anyways. Uh, so Zaka and Horvat. Before we get into this uh, conversation, Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, you'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online. With live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable, Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports leagues and events. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code CLNS50 to receive your rewards. Again, that's promo code CLNS50. To receive your rewards, bet online where the game stats. So, without further ado, here is my conversation with Connor Ryan. And we're here with Connor Ryan. Connor, what is up? Evan, I'm doing well. How are you doing? Doing great. Doing great. It's been a heck of a past you know few days for the Bruins beat the Maple Leafs in what was an electric game on Saturday night and then my goodness that Flyers team oof 
<laughs> Oof, that team Not is great. bad. Not they could great. use they could use Connor Bedard. Uh, they I don't think they will be anywhere near the sweepstakes for it. But never know how the second half goes. Because oh man, feel bad for old Torts. That team is oof. Not a lot of star power over there anymore. Not so. not great. I, I think I think John Torrell's in for a long, however long he's going to be there for. I don't know how many seasons that'll <laughs> be, but that team is in trouble. That team is in a tough spot. Uh, and after the game, you know, David Krejci's thousandth game has a great game. After the game, uh, says I like the mentality of this team. Says some other things, and then says the coaching change helped a lot. Uh, which I guess he's vocalizing what we all kind of knew he was thinking, given his comments about Bruce Casty when he was over in Czechia. And, um, yeah, I don't know. Interesting. Interesting time to take a parting shot at Bruce Cassidy after a 6 nothing win when you're first in the East. Interesting, don't you think? Uh, the timing is uh, of note, I would probably say, Evan. But again, kind of says the quiet part out loud, right, in terms of, I think, how... I think, especially him, even when you heard his comments from Mike when he was over in the Czech Republic talking about uh, the fact that, like, Eric Hall had Taylor Hall and David Pasternak on his line. I feel like this has been brewing for a little bit, so not exactly much of a surprise, especially when you look at just in terms of individually. David Krejci, probably where he felt he fell into the Bruins lineup, especially over his last couple of years. Yeah, and David Krejci doesn't He's probably so. I wasn't there, but he's probably so sick of all the attention he was getting all day. And he just wanted to go home, and he just said, you know what? Now I'm going to take my chance and, and say what I've wanted to say about Cassidy. But um, interesting comments. Quite a thousandth game, though. Six nothing win over Philadelphia, who, you know, lots of battles between him and Philly over uh, his many, many years in the NHL. But I want to get into a, a countryman of David Krejci, and that's Pavel Zaka. Late Saturday night after the uh, game against the Maple Leafs, Bruins announced they uh, re-signed or you know, signed to an extension, Pavel Zaka, four years 4.75 million per. Um, we were kind of all waiting and wondering what Zaka would get. And uh, I think we were all thinking that would probably happen in the off season. Um, just, you know, given, you know, the Bruins don't have a ton of cap space and they have a lot of people to resign this off season, but this is an interesting contract because as Sweeney said after, you know, they, they like Zaka. They view him as someone who can kind of play all over the lineup. Um, you know, do you what were your initial reactions to this deal? Yeah, uh, definitely a bit of a surprise in terms of the timing of it getting announced legit right after a game ends. Like we're literally <laughs> just waiting for Montgomery to talk. And a game that, that Zaka missed an that missed an yes, open net. Also, <laughs> the timing also in good. terms of a, a situation where I'm sure all those, as we've talked about multiple times before, Evan, uh, the amount of New Jersey Devils fans who just creep on Twitter and be like, "This is this is the Zaka we you know, like this is what happened. He misses these open nets." Timing, rough on Zaka's part. Again, I don't think he's going to uh, be upset about the fact that he's getting paid $19 million and spending another four years in a team uh, with a team like this. Um, probably, I guess, initially, you're a bit surprised in terms of the annual payout, right? I think it goes from, what, 3.75? I think it's a, a bump up in at least a million in terms of his average annual value. But all in considered, you can see why they approach this structure like this, where it's all right. They get this one-year deal sorted out this year where they already had a lot of cap uh, maneuvering to do with, you know, fitting both Patrice Bergeron and David Krejci's contracts under the books as well. Um, you know, you kick that can kind of down the road a little bit and get to this point where you keep him here for four years. And somewhere I think where you look at how they envision Zaka, like you, you see where he falls on this team right now and he's a very useful depth option, uh, third line winger, can 
bump up to the lineup when needed, as seen in this past game against the the Flyers, where he gets uh, two goals and an assist. But I think you look at how the Bruins project this contract working out and Zaka's role with this team, you can see where they can find that value, whether it's uh, in a, a year from now of either Bergeron and Krejci or, or both of them aren't back. You know, he could be a guy that could fall into a second-line center spot. Again, is he the same player as those two? No, but I think you see in flashes here where he could be a guy that can give you 50, 60 points if in the right situation. Again, he's not a guy that thinks necessarily going to drive play, but if you also have him next to guys like Hall and Pasternak, you, you at least have a suitable op- option there. And when you look at just how bleak the Bruins center pipeline is in the years ahead, you know, once Bergeron and Krejci retire, having a guy in Zaka who's 26 has value, has that skill that you see uh, when he's out there on a shift, at least gives you an option, gives you a solid contingency plan. And if he continues to kind of find his game and be, becomes this guy that goes from, you know, first round, I don't know if you can call him, call him bust, but to be an underachieving guy of 30-ish points, if he, if he can become a, a middle six weapon that gives you 50 points, you sign him long-term for under $5 million a year, falls in line with, I think, what a lot of people are expecting out of that, where that kind of falls in line in terms of a market value for a player like that. Yeah, the interesting thing about this deal also, it's it's less than Coyle. It's less yeah. than Charlie Coyle's money, which I'm 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 a little surprised that I mean maybe Zaka did ask for more. My guess is maybe he did. Um, but you would think, you know, Charlie Coyle is the third line center. Uh, we don't know what the plans are for Coyle beyond this year, but he's never really stuck in the top six. You would think, you know, if the Bruins had these and, and they do have these aspirations for Zaka to be the future number two center, Zaka might say, Hey, I should be paid more than the number three center. But Whatever. I guess the Bruins, you know, dodged a bullet there. Um, I Again, I, I think, as you said, the AAV is a little high. But as we've seen this year, as you said, like he's he's produced, you know, and it's under the radar stuff. Again, like you tweeted today, he leads the team in five on five assists, you know. And, and now, again, when you look bigger picture, can, as, can a Bruins team with Zaka at second line center win a cup? I don't know. I think that remains to be seen. I don't think he's very dynamic. I think he's a very solid, uh, you know, plug and place player. I think he's, you know, you know what you're getting from him. I don't think he's going to pop off for 80 points in a season. I could be wrong. We've been wrong before on the show, believe it or not. But I still think that, you know, he's just, you know, if you need him to be your number two center uh, for a couple of years here, while you try to figure out what life is like post Bergeron and Krejci, not the worst option because as you said he's and as people have seen he's worked in the top six this year whether you like it or not he's worked and, uh, and you know uh again i just think that and it, as you said if you put poshnock on his right potentially taylor hall on his left jake debrusque um you know again they are not short on depth on the wings you know you get production out of him now is he better than eric Halla? my guess is yes my guess is yes a little bit younger um mm-hmm. but I don't know. I, I don't think it's, but again, that's, ne- that's a next year problem. <laughs> that's a next year problem, Connor. We, we, we can't focus too much on next year. This year is just too good. Um, but again, the Zaka deal, interesting timing. Um, still no Pasternak deal. Maybe this is sort of helps that along potentially. I know Sweeney offered no new updates. He doesn't usually negotiate through the media. So, um, you know, wasn't a lot there um, in terms of that, but um, you know, with, with all this new money, Zaka has Connor. I think mm-hmm. I almost kind of want to recommend he do something. 
And that's go over to our friends at HelloFresh. HelloFresh, farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. You've got New Year's goals, and HelloFresh is here to help you achieve them. Skip the grocery store and take control of your time and budget with delicious recipes delivered right to your door. Uh, HelloFresh also, Festive Fair Collection. Features limited time recipes made with seasonal produce and premium proteins. Get out of the post-holiday slump with these elevated winter classics. Ooh, we already had one winter classic. Now you can have another. And you can do it in the comfort of your own home. I want to tell you about something. I recently made these one-pan mango salsa pork tacos with cilantro and sour cream. Chef's kiss. Chef Marinovsky at it again. These were very easy to do. They were very tasty. I really liked them. My roommates really liked them. And it was a hit. I, re- I really enjoyed these uh, these one-pan uh, mango salsa pork tacos. I will be doing them again in the future. I love tacos, love mango, love salsa. With flavor, just a blast of flavor in my mouth. And to make it on your own and in the comfort of your own kitchen, it's a pretty cool feeling. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Bruins21. And use code Bruins21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Nick Ritchie Bruins meals. Or excuse me, Nick Ritchie HelloFresh meals. It's not Bruins meals. <laughs> the promo code is Bruins21. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Bruins21 and use Bruins21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Uh, I've already had many friends who've gone out and done this. Um, and they've really enjoyed it. And I enjoy cooking these and it's fun. Chef it up. So Woo. all good. Fun stuff. Very fun stuff. Um, so we talked a little bit about Pavel Zaka. So this show's all about centers. Because we're going to get into another one with Bo Horvat, who is out with that horrendous Vancouver team that is really, I, I mean, it's 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 tough to watch. Uh, I mean, they, you know, they bring back, you know, they signed JT Miller to that long deal. That kind of falls under the hurdle deal of like, why would you do this and not just commit to a full rebuild? I know they probably want to commit to a full rebuild, but I don't know if they fully have yet. Um, weird stuff going on out there. Bo Horvat, though, it's not stopped him from a great season. Uh, fifth in the NHL in goals right now with 30, which, you know, talk about overperforming uh, in a contract year, pending UFA to be. Uh, carries a $5.5 million cap hit. Um, I think it's easily the number one target for every team at this trade deadline. The problem is the cap hit. But it's interesting because with the Bruins, this is sort of like a Hampus Lindholm type situation um, where uh, the, the Bruins had a need last year, obviously. They needed a uh, legitimate top pairing left shot defenseman or someone that, you know, a, a left shot defenseman who could be in the top four who, you know, could handle big minutes and do all these different things. Uh, and they got that with Lindholm. Ultimately, Bergeron and Krejci will retire, unfortunately. They will <laughs> retire. This is crazy. Oh they God. will at some point in their career retire, oh no. probably sooner rather than later. Sorry to ruin your day, Connor, but it is true. And they're going to need, they're going to need a succession plan in place. And they really don't have, they still don't have one. Um, Zaka feels like probably the two C go, you know, if Krejci did retire. Um, but again, Bo Horvat, 27 years old due for a huge payday. Um, but it's going to take a lot to get him. It's going to take quite a bit to get him to pry him from the hands of Vancouver. 
And I think there's a lot of things that plays here at play here. I think before we dive into the discussion, I think the cap is obviously a problem. Um, that's yeah. a, that's a sizable cap hit. Um, the Bruins don't have that. Not, not many teams do, um, but you're gonna have to get creative. And obviously the Bruins front office is very good at getting creative with, with, with the cap. So I, I, you know, they probably can find a way to do it. Um, but at first glance, not an easy thing with the cap, but let's just yeah, put that yeah. aside for a bit. Let's put that aside yeah. for a bit. Um, it's a big part, but let's just put it aside for a second. Um, most likely to get Horvat, you would definitely have to give up Lysel. You would definitely. Or, or Lori. Or Lori. You're definitely giving up your 2023 first. You have to think that's in play, right? So that's another first round pick you're not making. Um, but it's a weird trade off because we've talked for weeks about the deadline and said, you know, the Bruins don't need anybody huge. This isn't really a this year move. This is more a move for the future. Now, again, if Bo Horvat goes to a team at the deadline uh, and doesn't sign a long-term deal and is a free agent come July 1, like, go all in on him. But if he goes to a team and signs a long-term deal, well, that's another center you've, you know, maybe could have improved your team with. What are your feelings on this? Because I think this is a, it, it's a, there's there's pros and cons. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's something where it's tough to even map out now because I think it's a move that's only made if you know what the next couple of dominoes are going to fall or, or, you know, what they're going to be in the months ahead, right? Like, if you trade for Horvat, yes, do they necessarily need him? I guess not. It's not like, you know, they have this gap, like, in their top four on defense. They desperately need a body in there. Like, Horvat would be an abundance of riches in terms of where he'd fit in this lineup, right? Is he just going to slot over to the wing somewhere? Is he going to be playing with – is a guy on pace for 50 goals going to be with, like, Charlie Coyle's line, right? Like, you look at that, <laughs> or where he would fit. But it is true that you look at the years ahead, he could be a very good replacement for, you know, either Berger or Nakreshi in that spot. But somewhere else, you have to figure out – Just you have to read the tea leaves and see where exactly – you know, is Bergeron dead set on retiring? Is David Krejci dead set on that too? Because it could be a spot where next year, let's say you have Horvath on this team and you want to sign him long-term. One, it's going to cost a bunch of money, which you're already committing a ton of money moving forward to most likely David Pasternak, along with you know, quite a few guys that you either have to make decisions on, whether it's a guy like Frederick, uh, even like Clifton, what have you. There's a lot of players up in the air in terms of um, setting themselves up for really nice paydays. So if you want to commit you know, eight years, eight million or what have you to Horvat, uh, you have to either know that Bergeron and Krejci aren't coming back or what, and even then, if that's the case, and Horvat can slot right in there and be a top six center for you, still got a whole bunch of financial juggling to do just to to make that all work out. Because I think right now, if you're signing Kostanak to, um, you know, 11, 11 and a half, 12 million, you're already eating up a lot of your available cap space. So, it's tricky, right? You you look at the end result if you get Horvat and you sign him long term. You answer one of the probably the biggest question marks surrounding this team in terms of how they can build in years ahead. You have Horvat with guys like McAvoy and Pasternak and Olmark and and Lindholm and all those guys. You at least again have Hall. that foundation in place. Yeah, Hall, Marshand, even you have a very good team still in place. It's just making all the rest of those pieces fall into place, especially with the cap and where this going forward because if Bergeron feels like he's got another year or two maybe that changes the dynamic and you roll with this same group and you you know look at guys like Clayton Keller in a year or two or something like that right like those are the things where maybe you reassess the situation that you've been reassessing for years now but again it's <laughs> goes back to what Bergeron's value is to this team and that 
he's able to, you know, he's staved off these really hard truths and decisions Burns had to make over the years. So I think it all comes down to figuring out what those guys want to do and then uh, assessing it then. Because, again, would Bo Horvath be a great fit on this team? Yes, of course. Would he be great in the years ahead? Yep. But, you know, there's also a bunch of other teams that probably need a top six center right now and for the future as well. So to get him is not going to be an easy feat at all. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And my guess is if they, let's say they did sign him to an eight-year, $8 million deal or something along those lines, right, that you mentioned. And you also have Pasternak, too. You're sacrificing depth. Because a very underrated part of this Bruins team is, if I have this correct, Charlie Coyle is the highest paid center on this team against the cap. I'm right about this, right? Yes. Yes. At 5.25. So your number one and two centers are costing you almost nothing. That's I think one of the things that people overlook on this team is Patrice Bergeron's value is is incredible on the ice. He had another great Selkie play um, on uh, on Saturday where he actually basically prevented Rasmus Ristolainen from scoring a goal uh, on a two-on-one. He rushed back for it. All these great things he does. Maybe the number one thing is he doesn't cost you anything this year, really. Not much. I mean, he does cost you something, but not. it's not what a number one center with, with his with his pedigree and value should be costing. Um, right. And, I, and that's helped you uh, solidify depth in other spots. Um, same with Krejci. The same goes for Krejci. So again, if you, it, you need a guy like Horvat, Horvat's, a, you, you need someone like him for the future. Um, again, it's, it just comes down to uh, the cap and, you know, can you, get depth in other places going forward with guys like Frederick or, or whomever else, you know, Clifton on D. Um, I don't know. There's the other part of it that's like, well, a cup is all that matters this year. You know, that's that's what you need. That's That should be the focus. You're going yes. all in this year. Um, you know, uh, first round picks be damned, top prospects be damned, like a cup or bust this year. And I get that. And I think that's a real thing. And if Horvat got dealt here and signed a long-term deal immediately – um, I don't know. I mean, and if they win a cup out of it, like I, I think would look back and go, even if Fabian Lysel, let's say he was dealt to Vancouver, becomes a you know really terrific player in the NHL, you got to stay in the cup out of this. Now again, I'm speaking in hypotheticals, but I still think that there's that part of me that says, hey, they're going all, you know, you need to go all in on this. I just don't know. They don't really have the pieces to trade to go all in, and they really don't have the cap space and. You know, again, is Horvat at left wing on the second line, like wasting him? I don't know. You also have to think about this, right? Let's say you get Horvat. You have Charlie Coyle at five two five. You have uh, Zaka at four seven five now. So now you go from spending not much on center to now you're spending a ton. And it so next year if Bergeron comes back, is it Bergeron Horvat? 
And then Zaka is a wing again. Like that's the other thing is that, you know, are you spending money in correct places? Is Zaka getting traded in this whole thing? I mean, there's so many parts of this. Um, Cause I, I saw somewhere that Vancouver might want NHL players uh, in return. I, I could have been. Also might Vancouver. make that a little bit easier. I'll then consider. But again, that's also one of these things where you're probably also more, I, I get the financial part of it where it's like, of course people will be like, yeah, move Craig Smith and my contracts, which if that would be that easy, that they would have probably done it by now. Again, it's tougher to have people take on those contracts. But let's say like Vancouver wants a guy like Grizzly or what have you. Again. Or DeBrusque. You, you, yeah, you save some of that cap space, but you've got guys that are key parts of this team right now. Like especially DeBrusque. DeBrusque, before he broke his leg, was on pace for 36 goals. Grizzly, even though he's had uh, probably a little bit of a slower start the year coming back from his surgery, I think has put together – really a couple of really strong games recently and seem like he's kind of settling into his role and we know what his value is to this team. It's like, all right, you want to add a probably a, a piece that puts you over the top this year, at least in Horvat, but you also don't want to subtract with key cogs that are already on this roster. So you almost would rather trade prospects and picks for a guy like Horvat, but again, how many times can he keep on going to the well, especially when you don't really know how that financial situation is going to map out with this team in the years ahead. It's again, you see the merit behind, especially the long-term outlook of a Horvat deal, but there's just a lot of, you know, bumps in the road along the way. And stuff you have to have settle out first before it seems like it's a, a no brainer kind of move. And it's tough because I mean, we can get into the game of what if, and you think about, well, what if, you know, they don't get Horvat and then they kind of need a guy like that in the postseason, and Lysel doesn't pan any of all these things, but it's, Again, the circumstances outside of that, it's also the cap and and things like that. So, again, it's a weird situation. Um, And as you said, there are going to be teams that need a guy like Horvat now. Like, the Bruins don't need Horvat this year. They need him next year and in the the years to come. Um, So maybe you place a bet on him going to a team, not signing a long-term deal, and then getting a chance at him on July 1st. I don't know. I mean, maybe. Maybe that's what you go with. Um or something else falling into your lap, like a Taylor Hall did a few years ago, where it just, you know, makes sense. Or who knows? Vancouver's not the smartest. Maybe it doesn't take a lot to get him to deal. Like, I, I don't know. We've seen crazy Wait, things. Wait, this year's before. been going? Maybe. Yeah. I mean, maybe there's something to do with that. Um, so, again, I mean, I know no one wants to deal Lysel or Lowry. Um, but again, if you take the cap out of it to help you win a cup, you know, you got to do what you got to do. Um, interesting stuff all around. Lots of, uh, Cap talk and center talk. Uh, Connor, what can people uh, watch from you uh, over at boston.com? Yeah, we're going to have you again cover every step of the way this season for the Bruins. Have a couple of stories from, from uh, Monday's win over the Flyers. A nice column on David Krejci. And I think how, again, like that kind of encapsulates his value to this team. Um, of course, we'll have you covered throughout this year for the Bruins. But beyond that, we have plenty of stuff on. The Patriots in this offseason, the Celtics, and the run they've had uh, as well with the Bruins in terms of uh, the two top dogs in, in the market right now. And, of course, the Red Sox and them trying to piece together this roster before the year starts. So we have you covered every step of the way, as always, over at Boston.com. So you can find my stuff there. If you want to follow me on Twitter as well, you can at Connor Ryan underscore 93. Go do all that. For CLNS Media, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You Bruins Beat listeners have a great rest of your week. <laughs> Thank you.